Welcome back, everyone, to the Sound Logic Podcast. And today we are re-ranking the last ten albums that we've discussed. So that's albums number fifty-one to sixty, where we ask the question: Was it Sound Logic? So Ben, how'd you feel about the last ten albums? Well, this is a mixed bag. Um, ten albums that yeah, included uh, four compilation albums. Is that right? Am I? I think that's right. Four compilation albums, maybe the the strangest album that we've tackled so far, and some like <laughs> some sort of quintessential greatest hits uh, album. Not sorry, quintessential great albums in there too. So a real hodgepodge of of stuff here, um, old and new, yes. uh, uh, retrospective looks, uh, multiple disc albums in here, and uh, I I can't say that it was my favorite bunch of 10 but it definitely gave us lots to talk about and we had some fantastic guests along the way too so um yeah it was an interesting bunch how about you i i would echo that almost exactly it was most of it i wasn't familiar with it was um you're right a mixed bag a lot of different stuff through genres uh, compilation albums galore yeah <laughs> more than we like to have in a group yeah, yeah. 10 um as you know, we're not big fans, but um, it, certainly I think the word is interesting. I learned a lot and yeah. heard a lot of music that I hadn't heard before. So uh, as always, it was it was interesting and it was fun. And one of the great things about this project has for me and I think for you as well has been hearing new music. I love hearing new music. Absolutely. Whether it's from last week or 60 years ago you know it's fun to hear mm-hmm. something new especially when you're a music fan so yeah uh let's let's just jump into it unless you got anything else oh i guess i'll just add um we we've been tackling about 20 albums in a block uh, as a sort of a random arbitrary way to say that's a season for us and so we're we're nearing the end of another right. season here, and um, hopefully we have enough steam to get yeah. to the end of this re-ranking episode <laughs> before we before we launch <laughs> yeah, season four. I think that's a good point, Ben, and because a lot of this music was new, I felt like that took a little more energy. I think you're right. Like some of the albums we've reviewed before that you're familiar, you know, I could come back and listen to it once or twice and be up to speed, but some of the new ones I wanted to really listen to maybe four or five, six times to have a good opinion on it and that takes a lot longer so it takes more out of you so yep i agree uh so as we normally do if you haven't heard us do this before we're gonna we're gonna go through them from 60 back to 51 we'll tell you what rolling stone magazine put at that spot and then what we put there in this group of 10 then Mm -hmm. when we're done that we're gonna go back and talk about what our all-time top 10 is out of the 60 albums we've listened to so far. And we'll see if that has changed at all since the last time we did this. This is now the uh, the sixth time we've tackled this. And I think each time we have, right. we've talked again about, okay, what is our standard going to be? Is it simply, <laughs> are these the albums I want to listen to? Is there something bigger than ourselves? These are really you know, great albums that all people should agree on. Uh, I'm curious... It, where you're at 
tonight? What what is your thought process going into this re ranking? Well, uh, there are a few challenges here, which we'll get into, <laughs> because usually what I use is what do I want to listen to again the most? Yes, um, and. Uh, I'm going to make a few exceptions this time <laughs> uh, and I'll add in and I, I, you'll see where we're going at, with this, where I'm going with this. I'll add in also what's not just what is enjoyable, but what's interesting. Cause there's some things that maybe are a little more jarring, but sometimes I want that more than something that's uh, gentler, but, but is more boring. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's like, I'd rather take, I'd take, I'd take either really hot or really cold over lukewarm, you yep. know, mm-hmm. I, I want something that stirs me a bit. So I, like I that. added that as an extra little addendum to this one. So that's kind of what I used. I think without uh, exception, I've essentially stuck by the, what I want to listen to today the most gets the top spot. Mm-hmm. And um, I mixed it up just slightly this time. I've been harping enough on, compilation albums don't belong on this list that I've nudged those all down um, regardless okay. of if I really like them. I'm, I'm looking back to the last 10 where I had uh, Bob Marley's legend at number two out of those group of 10. And um, I, I think based on this, this time around's logic, I would have knocked that way down just simply because it's a compilation album, even though I like it. So I'll point out that along the way here as we go. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, let's get started then. Um, Rolling Stone at number 60 had Trout Mask Replica. Uh, and you paired that. You matched that. So yeah. out of these 10, you've kept that at the bottom. Right. It's not a compilation, but it is a very difficult listen. And uh, one that I'm still mm-hmm. trying to make sense of. It's not something, uh, you know, it's our uh, most recent episode, and I really enjoyed that episode. I think it's it's um, one of my favorite reviews that we've done, but primarily because of what Brad, our guest, brought to it, and not because the album yeah. um, is one that I am I'm now smitten with. Uh, it, I respect that album, but I don't. I don't know what to do with it, and I guess that's more than anything the reason it's at the bottom of this list for me. What did you have there at the bottom? Yeah, I want to. I want to talk about that album now, but I didn't put it <laughs> in that spot, so we'll have to wait a few more slots, uh, and I'll kind of explain why I, because I totally agree with you. It is very difficult to listen to, but there's something uh, compelling about it. But I'll I'll get back to that. I put at the bottom. Um, the Birth of Soul, that's the Ray Charles' uh, greatest hits. Uh, mm-hmm. in, when it came out, it was in CD form. It was a three-disc set. This was over 50 tracks. Um, it's just not my style of music. It, there's nothing wrong with the songs. I think it's great that they've cataloged all his music, put it together. Um, he was fantastic. And the music, the music is very good. It's not what i'm longing to listen to right and i don't need i don't need 50 tracks like and i can't imagine anyone who says we even talked about this and we'll get to ccr sit down okay i've chunked out enough time here to listen to 50 tracks of ray charles you know yeah imagine right even the 
most diehard of fans. I mean, that's a significant time. So if, for those for those reasons, nothing to do with the music. It's just not it's not something I'm desiring to get back to. Sure. And hey, compilation album. It deserves to be down there. And a compilation <laughs> album. And and we talked about you know especially the ones in the 90s the music is the music but the design is just and the packaging yeah. the way it was marketed it's just it's just bizarre i don't get it anyways maybe it would have made sense in 91 um rolling stone magazine put ccr's chronicle the greatest 20 greatest hits by credence clearwater revival uh, this is where i put al green's greatest hits which was number 52 okay um again it's <sighs> It's super cool. Um, man, he's just got such a, a neat style. It's just nothing. It doesn't, it, there's no connection for me. Mm-hmm. It's nothing I grew up with. Um, if someone asked about that style of music or about Al Green, I, I'd be happy to say, hey, yeah, I checked out those greatest hits. These songs are awesome. Or, oh, if you like this, you like that. But it's just, again, it's just not for me. A fine music, fine compilation, um, but just just not my style and that is going to be you're going to hear me say this probably about three more times (laughs) which is different because we've talked about a lot of other stuff in the past where like it is kind of in my style but i didn't really like it like we're we're classic rock guys right um we talked about the stones and we're going to talk about them again uh in just a few moments here um and it is my style but i don't like it this is the Mm -hmm. other thing where Mm -hmm. it's good music it's just not really in my wheelhouse of what i prefer to listen to usually so i've got al green there and the aforementioned uh band is what you've picked right i i referenced up top that i was bumping all the compilation albums down and and now here i go starting with two just standard album releases (laughs) but i guess that i found them so troubling that they even went below the compilations uh so the rolling stones beggars banquet comes in at my number nine slot here um yeah it's very different than trout mask replica that I remember lots of weird stuff about Trump Mask. I remember very little about Beggar's Banquet, mm. um, even though we just reviewed it. And uh, I, I don't care to revisit it, not because it was so offensive or troubling or problematic, but because I just it's kind of meh for me. And uh, and I think yeah, that's why it, that's why it winds up here. Um, what do you have there in that? Uh, I guess you've already given yours. Um, I'll move on now to my uh, number seven album. This is where I start my run of compilation albums, uh, and this is where I have uh, Ray Charles' The Birth of Soul, which you've already mentioned. Right. Of all the compilations, I think it's the one that's just... There's just too much of it. And, um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, it just doesn't do much for me. Right. Yeah, that's your number 58. This is where... Rolling Stone put Beggar's Banquet. Um, I've moved uh, Elvis Presley's debut album down here, and I'm gonna repeat pretty much the same thing. It's not, it's just not my style. Uh, I think I'd want to listen to it maybe a little bit more than Al Green or Ray Charles, just I'm a little more familiar with it. But um, this, Blue Suede Shoes is great. Some of the other songs, but again, they're all a lot of them are covers of older songs, or some were. A couple were written for him. Most of them weren't. So there's that aspect too. Is this? It's just not something I need to revisit. Yep. Um, and this is the part where we're. I think our top five and our bottom five are similar, but just are overlapping. So now we'll start <laughs> t- 
talking yeah. about the same ones. Uh, uh, so moved to 57. Rolling Stone had Stevie Wonder's songs in the key of life. And this is where I put Baker's Banquet. Um, the only reason that I didn't put this album lower down where you put it was for really for a couple songs. Sympathy for the Devil and um, Street Fighting Man and also Salt of the Earth. They're ones that I would want to listen to. I don't know if I'd want to listen to the whole album, but just those songs I'd want to listen to a little more than the other albums I've talked about already. If it wasn't for those couple tracks, that's the only thing that's saving Beggar's Banquet for me. And I think in stacked up against a lot of the other groups of 10, this would be at the bottom, even some of the ones coming up. Sure. So that's that's number 57 for me. What about you? This is where I stuck uh, Al Green's Greatest Hits. I actually really enjoyed that okay, one. Yep. Um, I think I, yeah. uh, I'm glad to have tackled some Al Green. I, I just wish that it was a, a mm-hmm. real Al Green album from that short era yeah, where all those yes. greatest hits come from. <laughs> At number 56, Rolling Stone has Elvis Presley's self-titled debut album there. Elvis, is, of course, uh, we talked about a number of times in the two Elvis uh, album reviews that we've tackled, was a um, significant performer, uh artist before albums were really a thing and this elvis presley album was his sort of debut in this format um even though he'd been performing for a number of years already um i i don't know this feels sort of like a compilation album it's not really one uh but no similar to what you said it's got a lot of covers and uh um it just feels um feels dated in a way that and I'm not terribly interested in, in going back to revisit. It's, uh, it's definitely very important and something that I'm glad I got to hear, but uh, that's it for me uh, in that one. Before we move on, I'm curious about that, Ben, but you still put four albums below it that you're less likely to listen to. That Why is that? Why didn't you move this lower? I think that this is not the the strongest set of 10. Like I, I actually found myself working up from the bottom mm-hmm. this time. And it, it, there was a lot of sort of stuff in there that all the ones that I mentioned really, that I think could have really gone in any order. I feel a little embarrassed saying that. I think the top five for me is much yeah. stronger, much, much stronger than the bottom five. Um, and yes. uh, I totally agree. And so, yeah, I don't, it's not that I, uh, I think I probably like Al Green's greatest hits better than Elvis Presley, but um, you know, again, it's a compilation and, and Elvis's at least was a, yeah. a real album. That might be the only sort of like <laughs> the only thing I can lean on there in that moment uh, today. So with the exception of maybe Trout Mask, are you saying we could reshuffle these last five pretty much anyway? And that's kind of how you felt about all of them. I mean, even Trout Mask, for its sort of artistic brilliance, if it was up a couple spots, I wouldn't be bothered uh, in this group of right, 10. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty much a toss-up in these bottom five for me. I agree. I think I feel the same. I think the top five that, that you and I have selected here in the bottom five, I think there's a big dividing line there. And even the top five, and we'll get to it, I think I could reshuffle a few different ways and be happy with it. Uh, there was just kind of a big gap. Um, so what I put in the 56 spot before we move on is 
that's Trout Mask Replica by Captain Beefheart, his magic band. Um, I struggled with this because although it is more challenging to listen to than some of the other albums I've put lower, uh, there's something compelling about it and very interesting. I actually mm-hmm. found myself mm-hmm. a few times wanting to go back just to experience it again and try and figure it out again because it's so different and so weird. Yet there is something uh, planned and structured about it. As we discussed, it was totally rehearsed, over-rehearsed. Uh, it sounds like improvised avant-garde, and it's not. It's avant-garde, but it's totally scripted, totally written out, uh, rehearsed to perfection. And I find that fascinating. Yeah. So um, so I put it up here because I do want to I, I do want to give it another shot. I do want to try it again. I don't want to I don't want to listen to Beggar's Banquet again. I don't really want to listen to uh, the Ray Charles for, for it's fantastic, but I don't need to. Uh, Trout Mask, I want to try it again. I'm just looking back. I think this is the first time in these re-rankings that we have had the same bottom five and the same top five. I mean, I know they're not in the same order, but um, coincidentally, right. this time we we agree at where the separation line is. <laughs> yes. Group of 10 yeah, we didn't agree on anything else. That We right. haven't lined up on any right. single album, but, but they're very, very close. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess we're moving into the cream then. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so number 55, uh, Rolling Stone put Jimi Hendrix experiences Electric Ladyland. Uh, that's what I've kept there. Um, I thought that it would be another Jimmy's Jimmy album and I would just love it so much and move it right near the top. But I didn't love it nearly as much as Are You Experienced. It was it was good. There's some good tracks. There's some hits there. There's also some uh, some experimental stuff, some longer stuff, which again is not necessarily bad, but is more challenging to listen to. So, as much as it's much better and and has some absolutely crazy stuff on it, it and it's better than the the last five we talked about. Uh, it didn't. I didn't want to push it any higher. I, I think I'd agree with all that. I actually have it uh, one spot higher than you do, but it could have easily fell in this right. number five spot uh, for all those same reasons. Um, I think it sure. actually could have been a, a fairly uh, traditional, at least as far as Hendrix standards go, single album. I think a lot of the more experimental stuff could have been cut out uh, um, in a single disc and, and been more... Uh, you know, radio friendly or whatever our ears are expecting in that. Um, and perhaps that's the reason that it just doesn't jive as well. We're both fairly new to it as well. So maybe there, that album just needs yeah, a bit more true. time. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. definitely good. It's just, uh, I didn't, it didn't click quite as much as the first, uh, Hendrix album that we tackled. I'm in the 55 slot there. Right. Number The number five album for me was, CCR's uh, Chronicle 20 Greatest Hits. Um, I guess I'm breaking my own rule there, having it up in the top five, but it's probably <laughs> the most familiar of these uh, 10 albums for me, or yeah. at least close to as most familiar with uh, Bridge of Over Troubled Water. And uh, I really enjoy it. It's uh, a lot of fun. And um, so I've got that there at the fifth. And then my fourth, uh, Electric Ladyland. So um, we'll, we'll switch over there now. 
I'm curious about Chronicle. Is did you have it? Because I know you really like it and it's familiar. Where did you feel obligated to move it down, or to not put it so high because it is a, a compilation album and you just have a pretty big hate on for those? Yeah, I think I'm feeling some of that this time around <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm feeling a little grumpy that Rolling Stone cut a bunch of CCR albums. In order yeah. to put this there, yeah, I'm with and, you on that. Uh, so that maybe it's a right. maybe it's a vengeance uh, <laughs> slot for me then, rather than a, I just don't like it. Um, but uh, right. every every time these middle albums always give some of that sense too. That like you know, uh, Fair enough. depending on the day, I might have put it one higher tomorrow, or uh, it depends. So. For number 54, Rolling Stone put Ray Charles, Birth of Soul. You've already talked about Electric Ladyland. And uh, I put, this will tie in with number 53, but in number 54, I put Meet the Beatles. This is the Beatles, essentially their their second album. It's the American release of their second album in the UK. And uh, I, it's the Beatles, so it's very good. Uh, it's probably the first, I mean, I think their debut album, Please Please Me, was like way below what their standard is. I mean, it was them figuring things out. It was awesome and it was groundbreaking and it was crazy, but it was nothing compared to what would come in the future from them. That's right. And I think that they're still evolving on this second disc. There's some great songs. I want to hold your hand. Jeez, um, I hope I've got that album right on that one. Um, just, uh, it's just not. It's the Beatles, but it's not to me. There, it's not their prime, uh, and it's very good. It's it's classic early Beatles. It's I think the first album where they really started branching on their own with their own songwriting, really getting into their own style. And as you get into the next albums, Hard Day's Night and Help and Into Rubber Soul. I mean, those are like, those are yep. amazing yep. classic early Beatles. So. That's why I didn't put it up higher, but um, that ties into number 53, which is where you agreed with Rolling Stone. They had Meet the Beatles there, and, and that's where you put it. You yeah, talk about I, don't, that? I don't think I have much more to add. I, I think you said it pretty well. Um, there's a familiarity every time we press play on a Beatles album that, that just sounds like revisiting right? an old yep. friend. Uh, and for, mm-hmm. perhaps that's the reason I have it so high. Um, this is not an album that I definitely reach for if I want to listen to the Beatles um, but I like it and uh, and it's good mm. and I guess that's why it ends up here <laughs> um, yep. that's fair this is where I put uh, CCR's Chronicle 20 Greatest Hits um, I agree with you on the compilation album comments I agree with you that I don't think it's right that they took two of their studio albums out of the 2003 list and inserted this in its place, especially since out of 20 songs, seven of them came off one of those albums that they booted. So I don't think that's right. That being said, it's just so darn good. (laughs) And (laughs) it's just, it's, it's like listening to Bob Marley's legend compilation. It's just hit after hit, after hit, after hit. It's so easy to listen to sing along to. I I would put it on almost any time. It's a little long 20 tracks, but it it is very good. So based on the criteria we talked about, if it's just 
what I want to listen to next. This is, uh, it's pretty easy to push play on this one. So I've got it here. So we get to the last two and you and I have chosen the last two, but just inverted them. So, right. um, at number 52 on Rolling Stone was Al Green's Greatest Hits, and number 51 was Simon and Garfunkel's last studio album that they released together, Bridge Over Troubled Water. So that's what you've put at number two, and that's what I put at number one, Bridge Over Troubled Water. So why don't we start with that, if you want to talk about that first, and then I'll go and then I'll go into my other one and go back to you. Sure. Yeah, Bridge Over Troubled Water, um, similar to CCR, an album that I've known for a while, something that felt very familiar putting it on, uh, and just really, really well written. I think the reason that I am struggling with not having it at number one is that it is very folky, and I I, I don't know that it fits real well with a, uh, what is mostly a sort of classic rock list of albums here. Um, it's very good. And my number one album is not also not classic rock. And so <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, not, but the next one's R and B. <laughs> it's not a great excuse, uh, but, but it's really, really good. And, and um, I think had songs in the key of life not been here, it would have been an easy choice for number one, but I've been really taken with that album as well it was challenging to pick between these two i think i felt a bit more of a emotional connection with bridge over troubled water Mm, yeah Um, some a lot of the songs are short precise um i feel like their songs again this has nothing to do with the quality of the music on the last one we're going to talk about at all in fact that music is very highly well produced but I could see myself picking up a guitar and learning a few of these songs. Maybe not all of them, but some of these songs on Bridge Over Troubled Water. I can sing along to some of them. I can't sing as well as Art Garfunkel or even Paul Simon, for that matter. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was just something about it that I connected with. And because of that connection, uh, I, I think this is my favorite. But in a very close second, and I wonder if this is why you picked this for number one on your list, but I picked uh, Stevie Wonder's Songs of the Key of Life as my number two. Again, it, it is a tremendous album. Uh, there are some absolute classics on it. Uh, it is just a ton of music and so much happening within most of the songs. Well-produced, high production value, big budget album. Um, and he was just coming off a huge contract negotiation with Motown Records. This was a massive album. Just some of the personal connection wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. And that says nothing about the music or the writing. Uh, it, that's just from where I grew up. It's yeah, hard to connect yeah. with some of those issues that, that, that he was writing about. Uh, Stevie Wonder, you know, is, is a, a black man growing up in the 50s, 60s, 70s in America talking about the struggles there. Well, I, that's not what I come from. I'm still learning about that and, and trying sure. to sympathize with that, but I, I have no personal connection there. Um, so that just made it more challenging to connect in the same way. That being said, it is tremendous. And I think in terms of if I'm writing this list as what was the like 
greatest produced, greatest sounding, overall greatest album, I think I'd be forced to put that up there. Um, you know, we've talked about different criteria of doing these. If it's just what I want to listen to, then this just gets edged out by Simon and Garfunkel, mm-hmm. which I didn't mm-hmm. don't think is such a horrible thing. Um, yeah. But uh, it is it is something else. My challenges with it, not only the connection, it is it's a double album, so it is long. Um, it's take a while to get through it, and it's hard to get through it in one spot if you're busy, you know, family family man like both of us are. Uh, working and having kids and you know to, to have time for that double album it's tricky but it it is very good and absolutely revolutionary in terms of sound mm-hmm. um, and technology he was using uh, anyways uh, if you want to hear more about that go back and listen to the episode <laughs> with our uh, with our fantastic guest uh, Lynn Fidmont for that one as well but but Ben you put that in the number one spot why don't you share with us uh, why that was your favorite out of these 10. Well, so something kind of magical happened for me with Inner Visions. I knew very little about Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder besides his um, more radio-friendly hits, and and I'd never really thought too much about his lyrics. Um, and I was just really, really compelled with that album, so much so that it became my number one album in the re-ranking a few uh, decades mm-hmm. back. And so after after going... And, and having that kind of life-changing <laughs> experience, uh, I think it may have even been... We talked about uh, intervisions with Carol Sissel and um, Rev CTC, as she's known, suggested that there are some other albums out there that uh, are also just as good. I hope I'm not putting words in her mouth. And, and she listed a few. And nope. so you know, very quickly, they became things that I was listening to frequently. And, and then... It was an album on the horizon that I was looking forward to with a lot of a lot of joy, just because it it started to become just as familiar as Inner Visions. Um, one challenge of this particular album is its length. Uh, mm. uh, double album is just hard, like you said, hard to get through. But unlike most of the double albums that we've tackled so far, I don't feel like there's a lot of fluff on it. Uh, no. I I kind of wonder what it would have looked like if the producers had said, "Let's make this two albums and, and really try and make each each disc stand apart." I mean, there's also this other sort of bonus disc that that uh, we get as well that was included in this grouping of songs, and they're all fantastic. I can't imagine sort of one part without the other, and and so it you know it, it was an easy choice this time for me for for number one. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm really curious to see. Uh, I, I, I'm hungry for more Stevie Wonder stuff, but I'm, I'm also very satisfied with these two albums that we've tackled, and I think that they continue to be put on with perhaps more frequency than any other album that we've listened to so far. Um, certainly, at least in uh, similar kind of frequency to the other albums that I have in my top ten currently. So. Um, in just a few minutes, we'll see if it made my list there and, and we can talk a bit more about it. <laughs> right. Well, there you have it. Um, so we agreed you and I a couple times with Rolling Stone and never agreed with each other, although five and five we did, uh, yeah. but just in different <laughs> order. So that's, that's pretty interesting. And I think, like we said, this was a very different group of 10 and yeah. it's just kind of arbitrary, right? Like it's sure. just where the 10s sure. fall, but it's just, 
it, this was a very different one. A lot of compilations, a lot of different stuff. Um, a lot of stuff out of my wheelhouse, my personal kind of listening uh, comfort level, I guess you'd say. Yeah, me too. Uh, so a lot of new stuff. But um, yeah, there it is. So are we ready to do to unveil? So if you've heard us do this before, we've got a we've got a spreadsheet in front of us, but we've blacked out our top tens because it's distracting. <laughs> <laughs> so we've taken what is our running uh, ten favorite albums of the six we've listened to so far. I'll give you a preview. Uh, I have removed two. I have put on one album from this last ten, and I have added an album that previously I have not put on my top 10 Whoa. From a few decades <laughs> a few decades ago and I looked back I'll, I'll tell you something I did over the last couple of weeks I knew this was coming up and I said hey I haven't really listened to some of these albums on this top 10 in a while maybe a year so I made an effort to go through and listen to all of them some of them we've we've reviewed recently some of them not in a while I Took a, took a stab, and I think I was able to listen to all 10 on my top 10 and even a couple others that were just on the fringe. And that was very telling because there was one or two that I went, eh, I'm not enjoying this quite as much as I did, and I don't know if it deserves to be here. Well, what else should be up there? So there's a that's why there's a couple. And I'm glad that I did it because... Um, some people who, you know, you might work in a job where you may be able to have some music in the background and listen to a lot of music, even if you have to do it a couple of times. I, I work in a warehouse. I'm not at my desk a whole lot. And so I can't listen to much music throughout the day, even if it's just as background, because I'm never in one spot and I can't really wear earbuds because of safety. So, yeah, I took uh, I took the opportunity to listen to it. And uh, that has really shaped how I've changed the top 10 here. So Interesting. Well, that makes me want to do That's the same. Uh, my uh, top 10 is not going to be quite as interesting as that, but why don't we go ahead and reveal? <laughs> but there have been other, there have been other weeks where you've changed it quite drastically. That's I right. So <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So let's start from, uh, Oh boy. Let's start from, uh, <laughs> I guess from, do you want to go first since you just talked about some of this stuff and, and I see what you've done here. So sure. Well, you want I to start from 10 and go up to one. I, I think it's a little easier to just say songs in the key of life right now, at least is my favorite album of the ones that we've gone through. It's your favorite. Wow. And so I just put it right at wow. the top and then thought, does it just make sense to bump all the rest down one? And, but yeah, I think so. Um, I was pretty oh, okay. Yeah. Pretty pained to lose Pet Sounds. It's been on since the beginning. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think I would rather listen to these ten albums than Pet Sounds, and so um, that's where I am. Okay. So yeah. I now have two Stevie Wonder albums at the top: "Songs in the Key of Life," followed by "Inner Visions," and then uh, Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On." All three of those, I think, felt very timely and culturally relevant. Uh, in this sort of mm, racial justice yeah. moment that we're living through. And so to have those as new albums that felt just as, just as impactful today, not to mention that their sound was way more uh, interesting and compelling than I originally expected. I think they've all just stayed up there. Um, Blue and Rumors are, are two phenomenal albums uh, that I've known for a while. And Joshua tree uh, comes next at number six. It's, it's 
easily the album I think on this list that I've listened to the longest time. Um, Born to Run, uh, Bruce mm. Springsteen's uh, album continues to hang out there. Uh, a bit of a surprise choice, perhaps. Um, and then the band's Brown album, uh, Below It, followed by Tapestry and Abbey Road. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I know there's probably going to be another album that makes me second guess these choices, but boy, I go through that list and think, put on any of those 10 albums right now and I will enjoy it. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Um, yes. And that, that's what I was going for too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, uh, just one more album comes in here and you won't have any Beatles in your all time top 10 anymore. Well, they've been in danger before and I've cheated and, and bumped them up or down just to keep <laughs> them on. So yeah, I think actually Abbey road's been flying solo for a while. Uh, I think right. since the, but, but not as threatened as it is now. Well, it was number 10, um, the second re-ranking that we did. And then I bumped it up one the next time oh, around okay. and then, yeah. and then down one again. Uh, so who knows, who, who knows how that'll happen, but yeah, it's hanging out there. Right. Well, uh, should I start from 10 or one? Uh, it's up to you. I'll start from one. I'll, I'll start from one because that's um, we've done that before. So my my top three, my top four stayed the same. So my number one is Revolver. It's just oh, it's so great to listen to, and I love it so much. Um, number two is Dark Side of the Moon. I find Revolver just a little easier to listen to, but Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon again. I, I think this is my Josh. What what is to you? What to you, Joshua Tree, is this is Dark Side. Sure. It's one that I've been listening to probably the longest. It's I just love it. It's so good. Coming in a very, very close third is Joni Mitchell's Blue. Listen to this again. The reason this isn't my number one is it sucks the emotional energy out of me like a sponge. It is <laughs> absolutely emotionally draining. My wife says she doesn't listen to it because she can't get through it without sobbing. <laughs> um, yeah. and there are times where she's thought about putting it on but said i don't want to cry right now if i put that album on and i get to little green i'm gonna be a puddle of goo on the floor just sobbing and i found it's emotionally taxing it's so rich with emotion and imagery and it's it's very very good and i love it so much in fourth i've left abbey road uh, beatles abbey road again another masterpiece by the beatles it's so good um, and then we get to now I've really start mixing things up. So uh, number five, I I have rumors and I had it at number eight. I listened to it again and it is almost a perfect album. It's really it is good. so good. It's very uh, well, almost overproduced. Um, not as much as Hotel California, but uh, it's uh, it's heavily produced. It's full of radio hits. It's fantastic. Um then we've got uh, the band's Brown album. They're self-titled. This one, I think, is at risk of falling. There are some great songs on here, but I think that I could see this one moving down over time, but it is also very good. At the number seven spot, I went through the list. This is an album that Rolling Stone put at number 36, and I never put it on my top 10. I thought I had. And I went and listened to it again, and it's in my head a lot. That's Carol King's Tapestry. Hmm. Uh, it 
it is a special album. I might move it down again a little bit, but I thought, you know what? I think about these songs so much. And now when I hear them on the radio or I go, Oh yeah, I know that album. And you know, I have it on vinyl now. Mm-hmm, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, Something that once you have it, you feel like you own it. It's it's just a, again, a, not quite as emotional as blue, but very personal, and uh, it's a good one. So I wanted to bring it back on. Um, Led Zeppelin's debut. I actually moved up one from nine to eight. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's. I moved up one from ten to nine. I I was almost going to bump this one off, but I listened to it again and went. Okay, it is really very good. <laughs> and then I had one spot. I had one spot left, and uh, so I put uh, "Bridge Over Troubled Water." Um, it it was new to me. I know you had you were familiar with it. I wasn't, and it just made quite an impact. It's one I'm looking forward to listening to again. Uh, so it might not be here for more than one week, um, but. Uh, but I really did like it. Um, the two albums that I bumped were uh, Jimi Hendrix Experience, Are You Experienced? It was way up at number five. I listened to it, and you know what? It just didn't grab me the same as it did. It is mm. awesome. Mm. It is so good. It's full of hits. Maybe it's the emotional experience that I had with some of the other albums that I didn't with this. Maybe it's so hyped up because it's Jimmy and his guitar work is so crazy and everybody just blows their mind. And when mm-hmm. we listened to it, uh, when we reviewed it, and I hadn't heard it in many years, I did that. I went, oh, man, so amazing. You know, like just kind of just blown away. And then I went back to it and went, eh, eh. <laughs> There's other albums I want to listen to more. So yeah, I might put it back on again at some point. And then the other one was uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller um, again. It's packed with hits. And I think this is one that is just not my favorite style of music. Um, I don't find myself listening to uh, early 80s pop a whole lot. Um, And again, the songs are crazy. Like, they're so good. And it's full of hits. And maybe that one will come back too. But I bumped those two uh, to bring Tapestry on here and Bridge Over Troubled Water. So um, there's my top 10. Now, does it bother you at all? That you've got the two Stevie Wonders albums up at one and two, and I don't have them represented here at all. No, I, I don't think so. Not at all. I mean, I, I struggle a little bit with the same artist taking up two top spots. I, I'm not sure that that will stay for me. Um, I, okay. No, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I'm actually surprised. I, I thought Jimi Hendrix was a lock to stay on there for a long time, and to see you take it off, I'm... I'm a little sad that neither of us has it now. <laughs> so I actually, <laughs> I kind of like the diversity of our lists. Um, just a quick skim. Sure, yeah, great. Blue and now Tapestry. Uh, oh, and Rumors. Those are the, only... those are the three that we have in common. Um, interesting. Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Oh, Abbey Road too. Oh, that ruins my theory. I was going to say those three all have female vocalists, but uh, Abbey Road, not so much. Um, but yeah, that's... It's interesting oh, that, that does Paul count <laughs> that through sixty albums uh, <laughs> we actually have four in common. Uh, that's kind of that's definitely interesting. So that's good. Uh, yeah, you would think you know there's going to be some variance in the other six for sure. But yeah, that was fun. Um, well, I'm curious again. Uh, we, did, we did it again, Ben. Yeah, we've made it through another decade. We've got some time off here as we take the break that we normally do. Are there albums from this next group of 10 that you're really excited to play over and over again until we get to them? Oh, brother. <laughs> this, 
this next 10 is is actually possibly my most anticipated it it is again kind of stacked we had this a little while ago i think it was the 40s was kind of stacked with a bunch of stuff this to me there's a lot i haven't heard actually most i've actually only heard two of these albums coming up here in the next 10 yeah there's a lot of good stuff here and and quite a uh, an interesting mix of stuff um oh yeah from a lot of different eras uh, we've got some 80s 90s uh and even our first appearance of an album from uh 2000s is that yeah. right um yeah i think i think i'll run it down just quickly so so everyone knows kind of the diversity so uh slime the family stones greatest hits Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, U2's Octane Baby, The Rolling Stones, Sticky Fingers, uh, compilation album from Phil Spector, Back to Mono, Van Morrison's Mood Dance, Radiohead's Kid A, that's from 2000, Michael Jackson's Off the Wall, Led Zeppelin 4, and Billy Joel's A Stranger. I mean, come on, <laughs> that is so diverse. Some absolutely legendary albums there, like Appetite for Destruction, Octane Baby, Sticky Fingers, Kid A, Off the Wall, Zeppelin Four are all like just number one albums, and and were huge when they came out. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, with Billy Joel and Van Morrison, a little on the softer side, uh, we get some some of the soul thing with Sign the Family Stone, and then uh, Phil Spector, and that's the one I am least familiar with. Uh, I don't think I know any of his music. Uh, so uh, there's stuff that I know that I'm excited about. There's stuff that I haven't heard yet that I'm really excited to learn. And then, uh, then we've got the stones too. <laughs> uh, I'm just double checking here, but I think this is the first time that we have a group of albums, a group of 10 albums with not a single one from the 1960s. Everything is uh, 1970 or older, uh, sorry, or newer. Um, okay. Uh, oh, wow. Which is, and you know, Sly and the Family Stone's greatest hits came out in 1970, and so a lot of that music is from the 60s. I don't know, maybe that's uh, cheating yeah, a little bit. Same with Phil Spector, I guess. And same with Phil Spector. But all these albums came out um, 1970 or later, and so uh, that it'll oh, be wow. interesting to see if that changes uh, some of how we feel going through them as well. Yeah. And interesting to see if that's more of a trend, that we move away from more of the 60s stuff. Sure, that's the possibly. kind of foundation of this list possibly. and then we start yeah. getting into more because like we said I'm, I'm excited about kid a it's the first the first album from the from the 21st century on this list yep um and one that uh i've never really got into radiohead so one that i'm i haven't listened to yet i know that you have yep. and uh like i said I, there's a lot of really exciting stuff so I'm I'm super pumped. This Me I don't too. want to say the last ten was a snoozer, but there was a lot of uh, compilations, a lot of stuff that I just is not really in my wheelhouse. But this next one, oh boy, I think uh, I think is going to be something a little more exciting, and uh, I'm excited for it. So we're not quitting. Is that is that what I'm hearing? You're you're set to go for these next ten. Uh, <laughs> let's give it a run. Let's give it a run. Awesome. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, it's also just before we sign off here, uh, a good opportunity just to say thank you to all our wonderful guests that we've had over the last uh, 10 albums. Uh, thank you to uh, Sarah Fry, to Ron Rosen, Lynn Fidmont, to Brad Efford, 
Did I miss anyone, Ben? No, I think I got everyone. We just appreciate all your voices so much. Great list of albums and a great list of guests. I, yeah, this journey continues to be uh, an absolute joy. Um, and I think every time we get to an album that is a bit more of a challenge, having our friends along for the ride uh, makes all the difference. And uh, I think without our guests and without our listeners, we we may have given up uh, before now. And now I think we're just in cruise control <laughs> and, uh, and really enjoying this process. So, yeah, thank you all. Well, until next time, we want to thank you for listening. We'll be taking a little break, but we will let you know. We'll, we'll keep posting on our Facebook page and uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll, we'll give you updates and post articles and different pictures and stuff. And probably in another four or five weeks or so, we'll be back and we will review album number 61, which is the greatest hits compilation from Sly and the Family Stone. So, Ben, thank you once again for sharing this journey with me. It's a pleasure. It's been so fun, and uh, I'm really looking forward to at least another 10 more, probably another 440 more. (laughs) Let's hope so. We'll give it it a shot. Yeah. (laughs) Until then, Ben, take care of yourself, and all you at home, please be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you again next time. You bet. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.